0: Hi guys, it's me Paula and I pray. This is Paula Praise, and this is my podcast um, that I'm reaching out to you, my audience, and I just want to bless you guys and thank you for joining me today. Part of my uh, goal for this podcast is to teach God's word and hopefully also introduce some of you who are my followers and are part of the community of Paula Praise, which is an internet uh, intercessory prayer meeting we have every week on zoom.com conferencing Tuesday 7 to 8 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you can go to paulapraise.com, it's P-R-A-Y-S, and you can sign up if you'd like an invitation. It's by invitation only. So that's a little plug for all the powerful intercessors out there and prayer warriors I'm so blessed to have met and know in my life and uh, they're on this as well so we are a community together. Uh, okay so what I want to get started with today is I want to talk about some things that are on my heart um, regarding uh, the spiritual things of God and the first part I want to talk about is um in the world today, people are very confused, and also in the church, about spiritual things. Um, many people, I, I met someone recently at a club, in, uh, a, a health club, and they said, Oh, we're very spiritual people. Well, today, when people say they're very spiritual or they have a platform, you know, they get a platform in media or they could have social media or they could have a platform they're actors or entertainers or sports figures or politicians or whoever, you know, they're famous in some area that the world says they're famous in. They have a platform and some will say they're very spiritual, but the Bible defines what true spirituality is. So let's look at the Word of God. So I would encourage you when we start these podcasts that you get your Bible and you get your notes and you get your coffee or whatever and you begin to listen to what I will share and then also go to the Word of God for yourselves and study this out. The Bible talks about um <laughs> that we are um actually Paul the Apostle said we're we're actually said that that your spirit, soul, and body. So we are a spiritual uh being because in Genesis, the book of beginnings. The Bible tells us about our first spiritual parents, Adam and Eve, in the Garden of Delight, Garden of Eden. And uh, in Genesis, you can read the account, uh, first read Genesis 1, 2, and 3, how God created heaven and earth and how he made a man. And it says that he breathed a life into him, the life of God. So he breathed the life of God. So God made us. A spirit like God in His image and likeness, and the Bible says God is spirit. He who worships Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So we know the spiritual part. You know, we know in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the spirit of God was hovering or brooding over the earth. And then God spoke. He said, "He said, 'Light be.'" We know in that's Genesis one, and in, in John chapter one, we know that John the apostle wrote in the beginning was the Word. Logos and the Word was with God, and the Word became a human being and dwelt among us. The Word is Jesus Christ. So, Jesus was present, the Word of God, when God spoke the world into existence, and the Holy Spirit. So, it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You can see the Trinity, the Triune Godhead, everywhere in the Old Testament, and in actually Jesus in the book of John, it speaks about we in plural. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we're a tripart being too. We're a spirit, soul, and body. So for the purpose of understanding, and those theologians out there and those people who study these things, there are great debates out there on the difference between spirit and soul. But the Bible does teach that the spirit and soul can be divided, but we're one person. We're one being, spirit, soul, and body. We have a body, but that's not the real you or real me. Our body is just kind of like... A, Our earth suit, (laughs) it's what we travel in here. But the real you is your spirit, and spirit is an eternal part of you. It never dies. Your spirit doesn't die. So once God gave this beautiful gift of life to our first parents, of course, the story was we're reading and studying the Holy Scriptures. We find out that in this garden of paradise, God had told them to uh, Adam and Eve. Their names actually were Adam, A-D-A-M, meaning, uh, human or earth. So they were both called Adam. Okay. Uh, he made them male and female and he put them in this beautiful garden and they had everything. So it wasn't like a cartoon, you know, we see, you know, running around, they were kind of ignorant and playing and all that. I mean, I'm not saying they weren't playing the garden, but they were really smart. So they were like King and Queen Adam, you know, they were, uh, the under rulers of planet earth. I mean, Yeah, they were really, really smart, and they were able to commune and fellowship with God. He he made them, uh, he wanted a family. He told them to produce and multiply and fill the earth, and everything was given to them. was the Garden of Delight. There was no sin, there was no death, there was no sorrow, there was no pain in the garden. And you know the story. (laughs) The Bible tells us that uh, God's enemy, um, the devil, the Satan, the old dragon, From old, who was once uh, an angelic being, really Lucifer. We know from Ezekiel and from uh, Isaiah, uh, we know who he was and is. So God's enemy was in that garden, and why he was there or how long he was there, I don't know. We just know that there were there were given to Adam was given to him everything except for one thing. God said they could freely eat from all the trees in the garden. In the middle of the garden was the garden tree of life, and the garden in the garden was the knowledge, or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So it was good and evil, and He warned um, both Adam and Eve. Later, Adam named her Eve, mother of all living. He he um, told them that in that garden, in that garden, if you partake of that tree that fruit of that tree you will surely die well they don't they didn't have death in them death wasn't in the garden so they knew they were forewarned and of course we don't know how long it was but but adam's wife was tempted by uh the devil who was disguised as a snake we know he was in disguise and basically when he came into the garden he when she went over and looked at the tree she saw that it was good you know it looked delightful it probably looked beautiful or whatever and she didn't see anything was wrong with it but she was there how she got there why she got there she was there around that tree around that place and and um basically the way it goes is is this I'm paraphrasing but but basically the devil lied to her and convinced her you know and also questioned did god really say did he you know did he really say she shouldn't partake of this and she saw that the the fruit was good, and everything pleasant so and then he said, "Well, God's really holding on on you because basically what hes he said was that that uh the day that you eat, eat eat of this, God knows that you will be like God, and you will you will um have knowledge and you will have wisdom, so you can be God if you eat of this. Well, isn't that interesting because that's exactly what the devil, the fallen angel, fallen being Lucifer said." He said, I will ascend to the mount of God. I will ascend my throne above God, and I will be God. That was his sin. The Bible tells us iniquity was found in him, and he is the author of sin, the author, the creator of sin. And and the wages that sin pays is death. So the punishment for sin is death. So when God said to his uh, beautiful creation here, His lovely man and woman, the day you eat of this, the day you partake of him, you shall surely die. Because death was in him. That's who he was, the angel of death. (laughs) So they, um, you know, Eve, the wife, she eats of the the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the fruit, and she gives it to, she believes a lie. She's deceived now. And she gives some to her husband, and it says he partakes of and eats too. So with eyes open, he knew... And she knew, but did they know what death really meant? And the physical death that came upon the uh, humanity um, where people lived till they were like hundreds of years old and then finally it kind of kicked in and you know, 70 or 80 years is kind of a Bible term for how long you can live. People can live a lot longer today though because of our knowledge of health and wellness but and, and nutrition. But the thing that's interesting about that is is that they they died, but the light was put out in them, basically. They, they, they weren't able, uh, right at that point, that fear came in. That's what you see, the opposite of faith or belief um, is, is fear. And um, in Timothy, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of intimidation again to fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. One translation I like says, Power, love, and a sound well-balanced Hmm. self-disciplined, self-controlled mind. Paul says, but we have the mind of Christ. We hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. So back to the spirit. So their spirit um, was disconnected and the life of God, the love of God, the light of God was, was darkened. And so they hid themselves as they were afraid and they uh, knew they were suddenly their carnal was open. So you you know, have to wonder about that. They weren't, you know, carnally minded. They were spiritually minded, and they were um, aware they had a body, but they weren't body controlled. Their bodies and they had bodies, but they weren't controlled by their bodies. Aware of them, and now they're suddenly very aware, and they're very afraid, and they're hiding from God. And it says God's walking. in the cool of the day, and he says, Adam, where are you? Now, God knew physically where Adam was, but the the heart cry of the Father was, where are you? What have you done? Did you eat of this tree? I told you not to. So they, they were still able to communicate with him, but there was this block between them, and so they're lost. It's like they were stolen. They were kidnapped. That's how I look at it, by a spiritual outlaw, God's enemy and their enemy. And so, I'm not going to get into everything about the devil or where his situation came from. I just alluded to it in Ezekiel and Isaiah. But I am going to say that God, at that point in time in Genesis chapter 3, gives the very first prophecy. He says that he's going to send someone in this, I'm paraphrasing, will break the devil's lordship. And that, that someone is Messiah. The seed of a woman would break his lordship. So, that's the idea there that um, the idea is that that there's someone who has stolen from us, and God was going to come. In uh, Ephesians, it says that he had already planned to adopt us into his own family. So he had already planned to send Jesus to come and save us. I love what John the Baptist said when he came in the wilderness and he was introduced to his ministry as a forerunner before Jesus came. And John the Baptist called Jesus, behold, he said, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So look, you know, look at him, Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah. And that's what happened in the garden. He promised to send him. Now, it took hundreds of years before he came but he was going to come and he came through the line of uh, the Jewish people or the chosen people through Abraham's uh, line, which would be through David. And uh, Jesus Christ came. Um, and, it, and the genealogy of Jesus, you can read um, in Matthew, um, the book of Matthew in chapter 1. And um, you can trace all the way back. So God promised he would come and he would rescue, he would save this orphan planet, really. We were orphaned. Uh, in a way, because we had an orphan spirit. Our spirit was, was disconnected from Father. That's the Father Father God. That's how I, why I say orphan spirit. And God didn't leave them. He didn't abandon them. He He clothed them. He protected them. They couldn't stay in that state of death. Uh, they had to be you know, cast out of the garden. And there were different things that were pronounced on them, were curses, actually, because of what they had done. And um, one was that they would have to toil and labor. Um and till the ground, and that when the woman had children, you know our our first spiritual mom would be in pain because there was no pain before, now that they had changed God's, if you will, little g because the Bible says that Satan is the god, small g of this world, okay, because he had um you know deceived the woman, and then he had um and Adam fell for it, and I always wondered about Adam what was going on with him, but <laughs> when you study that over and over again you realize that he hadn't found anyone who was a helper or someone like him that was equal to him when God had given him everything he named all the animals and then he was still was still a lonely God says so it's not good that man should be alone I'll create you know a helpmate so so woman the woman was was a unique creation it wasn't like she was second oh she's just second so she's she's not as great no it says they were equal in fact they were completely one. <laughs> every way together so she was taken um out of uh uh, out of his out of adam's side out of his heart really it wasn't someone that to trample on or someone that you know she's just uh a second thought oh let's see i'll make something now that oh yeah she's just uh, uh you know the second thought no 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 no, no, that's not correct. That isn't the way the Bible records that or read, when you read it, unless you're studying it from a wrong heart. You, you can't possibly see that. It was definitely a marriage made in heaven, and they were definitely one spirit, soul, and body in every way and in communication with God. But now they're separated from God, and they're afraid, and they explain their situation. So there's not a complete disconnect from one another. God's still there, and all throughout the Old Covenant, you can study God's uh um, you know, calling his chosen people and um, preparing a way for his uh, his planet, <laughs> this planet that was sold out. And really it was high treason. Uh, Adam sold out God's enemy. And, um, you know, when you look at it like that, he betrayed God, really. They betrayed God and um, their eyes were open. They knew it because he had forewarned them. If he hadn't, then you'd have a complaint against God. If he hadn't told them about the uh, tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the fruit in that garden, don't partake of. If he hadn't told them at a time, then we'd have a problem here with God. But he came, Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he came to save us from sin, to save us from this madman, from the spiritual outlaw. All right. So that's the deal. That's the way I want to present this to start out with. I want you to think of it this way. That we're spirit, soul, and body. So our spirits are the real us, real who we really are. You know, we're made in God's image and likeness. And when we have Jesus in our hearts, the life of God to as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to be called children of God. God is now our Father. We're no longer alienated from God. We're not orphaned. Um, but to as many as received Jesus, He's the He's the way and the truth and life life back to the father's heart he's the way to heaven he's the way to get in right standing again with God there's no other way back to heaven but through Jesus Christ who came and died for us the one-time offering the one-time sacrifice for all time God accepted shedding his blood Jesus was completely innocent he was he had no guilt he was um not born of the nature of man his birth was a supernatural intervention. You know, Mary had this amazing um, encounter with the Holy Spirit. And she said, let it be done unto me according to your word. She was open to receive the message that she would be the mother of the Savior, you know. And she was going to receive this it. amazing, amazing uh, story of um, Jesus and how he came. But he always was God in his himself. God so Jesus didn't come when when he was born in Bethlehem through Mary um, he the Bible says that the Christ had always been with God is himself God so we're not separating Jesus and his uh, his deity Jesus is God okay just just make sure we understand that God is able to uh, my God is able to be in more than one place at one time you know what kind of God do you want do you want one that can't be like three in one. I love that. You know, I always think about people when they say, well, how do you understand that? I go, wow. I go, my God could be father, son, and Holy spirit all the same time. He could be on the earth. He can be in heaven and he can be in, in doing us with power from one high. You know, God, he He has three personalities, but there's one God. Uh, um, the Bible says um, um, to Israel, um, hero Israel, the Lord is one, one, and you shall worship the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't say, hear, Israel. There are three different separate gods. And, you know, no, it says there's one God. But the Bible shows the triune God, the Godhood, or the trinity of God, three in one, all throughout the Bible you can find, find this and trace it all the way. And, of course, at the day of Jesus' announcement or his presentation to Israel... The Bible says that he went uh, and obeyed the law in a way because he went to be baptized by John. And, you know, there he is. And the heavens were opened, it says, when uh, he was baptized. And the Holy Spirit came like, it says, like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So Jesus was present there. And then the Father spoke. And the Holy Spirit came um, there. So we see the presence of the Holy Spirit and God's voice, the Father's voice, and we see Jesus. So we have to understand and look at the whole counsel, the whole Word of God in the uh, back, front, middle, and end, and we have to take it in context, you know, look at it in context. We can't pull it out and, 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 and make it say something it doesn't, or make it, tweak it so it fits with your um, particular or mind or whatever, someone's, you know, theological idea of god it has to be biblically based and it has to be rightly divided and scripture can um you know um, tell us just looking at scripture scripture can reveal what god meant scripture but we have the holy spirit jesus clearly told us if you look at john fourteen, fifteen, and 16 he said that the Father's promise was to send the Holy Spirit, and he talked to the talked to us as as if the Holy Spirit were the separate person. And he describes him as the Spirit of Truth who proceeds from the Father, and 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 leads and guides you into all truth. He calls him the Comforter, the Counselor, the Intercessor. You know, the Advocate with the Father, the Standby Man, if you will. <laughs> I like to say that, um, who comes alongside of us, and he can be. Uh, alongside of you can be with you, but also you can be doed with power from on high and you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit because John actually said, I baptize in water, but there's one coming who will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. And that word baptism is in filling or infused or, or placed into so it's not just in the old covenant the king the priest and the prophet had the holy spirit upon you know upon them but they weren't born again men or women yet so before Jesus came the holy spirit was upon them but when you're born of the spirit of God the holy spirit comes inside of you and then Jesus talked to his disciples before he was offered up again in John 14:15 and 16 about a separate experience I I call it I like to use that term because I don't want to confuse people but The separate experience is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, And, of course, we know that they waited in Acts chapter 1. They obeyed Jesus, and they waited in the upper room. And we see in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, his followers were filled with, baptized, placed into the Holy Spirit. And uh, that's when the church was really born right there. You can read it for yourselves. Read uh, Acts chapter 1 and 2. You should know your Bible, you should read it. If you're a believer, you should know what God's Word says. And so I exhort you to do that, to study the Word of God. But we are spirit, soul, and body. And um, God is the Spirit. And He, uh, Jesus said that the Father seeks for worshipers who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. So um, Paul exhorts us, the great Apostle Paul exhorts us to walk in the Spirit, live by the Spirit. And you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. So I think one of the biggest struggles is when you become a Christian, you have to still deal with this body of flesh. (laughs) We're not living right now in heaven. We're living here on earth, but we are able, through the Holy Spirit, to communicate with God. Hallelujah. And we are able to talk with God and commune with God because we're children of God. And He wants to talk to you, and He wants you to pray to Him, which is an honor and a privilege, and you he wants you to hear his voice, because Jesus said, "My sheep know my voice, know my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow, so we want to be in communion with God, but communion with God, but God speaks to us not through our intellect or not through our soul. Let's say for for example, your soul let's describe your soul right now, just your soul would be uh, I like to say mad, sad, and glad, <laughs> your soul is your emotions." it is your feelings okay your soul is comprised of of your intellect your mind your feelings that emotions your your will your dreams you know kind of your imaginations you know that's that's the soul um and the body obviously is your outward flesh you know house (laughs) your house (laughs) that you live in but the real you is your spirit and the reason i'm bringing this up right now and so so on my heart to talk about spirit soul and body is because we have people running around back to my original my original message that they're saying they're spiritual it's very scary today because a lot of people are saying they're spiritual but they can't define where they get their spirit from or who where is this idea coming from Because many people claim to be spiritual or actually they have a form of godliness, but it's without Jesus. So the entrance into the realm of the spirit is through Jesus Christ and becoming a child of God. You know, there's no other way to get in there except through Jesus. He's the way uh, to the Father. So I have I have issues with people who um, say they're spiritual because I'm concerned for them. I'm deeply concerned about them because um, in John, in First John, the book, the little book, First John, and I'm actually going to turn there and I'm going to read it. But in First John, um, after it's the book right after, uh, um, excuse me, right after Peter, uh, the first epistle of John. And John talks about um, there are many spirits, S-P-I-R-I-T-S, that have gone out into the world. And so, yeah, if there's many spirits, he says, test the spirits to see whether it be of the Lord. So we are told in the Bible, in this word of God, that we are to test the spirits. It says in John, First John, First John, four, one, beloved, do not believe every spirit. Test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets or people who say they claim to speak for God have gone out into the world. Okay. So in chapter uh, first, John chapter four, verse one, that's what it says. And then Verse 2 says, by this you know the Spirit of God. How do you know where the Spirit of God is speaking? How how would you know that? Every spirit that confesses or says that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. So, wow, we're living at this time... I call the time of the end or the beginning of sorrows. We're living in the end times. We're living in a time. and We don't know. The Bible says that only the Father knows you know, when he's going to send Jesus, the second coming of Christ, he promised to come back. But no man or none of us know the exact time. But we will know the season and we will know the signs of the times, if you're a believer. And this time that we're living in is an interesting, but it is, uh, it can be a very exciting time if you're a believer. If you're not, it's a very scary time because the spirit of antichrist, John said, is in the world. The anti against Christ and, and not believing in Jesus Christ is, uh, the real question is, is do you believe Jesus Christ is the son of God? Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Have you Accepted Jesus and asked him to come into your heart, have you you know uh, confessed him as your as your Saviour and Lord? so Lord means leader, is he your leader? So a lot of people talk about being spiritual and spirituality, but uh, Jesus said that you must be born again or born of the spirit of God, a rebirth, there must be a rebirth a uh, born of the spirit of God because we were born with a tendency to sin from our first parents. We were born with the sin nature. Um, so we have to understand that the spiritual realm is opened up to anyone who will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and accept his death, burial, and resurrection. Again, um, John testified in the book of John now, not First John, but over in the book of John, uh, chapter 1, verse 12, but as to many as received him, Jesus, then he gave them the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born, notice uh, first John, or excuse me, John chapter 1, <laughs> verse uh, 13, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Okay, so that's making a very clear distinction. We're not talking about flesh. We're not talking about somebody who's walking around the flesh and saying, I'm spiritual. No, this is an actual uh, born again or recreated into the image of God through Jesus Christ. So this is the miracle of the rebirth. Um, so no one has seen God, only his son who it says is in the bosom or the heart of the Father, he has revealed or declared him. Jesus said of himself, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we we need to make sure that we understand uh, the word of God and that we're able to understand it, grasp it and act on it and help others as well because there's many spirits that have gone out into the world. Again, um, uh, John the Baptist says um, that he would come and baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And that's in John chapter... 1 Verse 33, excuse me, <coughs> upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining, he is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And John came to testify of Jesus. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and Jesus had an interesting encounter in John chapter 3 with a very high Pharisee or a teacher of the law named nicodemus who was a ruler actually he was a ruler of the jews and he he um, came to jesus it says by night so he was kind of a secret disciple of jesus (laughs) by night means he was in hiding because he was part of that group of the pharisees and the sort of the government so rabbi we know that you are a teacher that come from god so no one can do these signs that you do unless god is with them And Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you are born again or one is born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. So these statements, you can't run away from Jesus who says, you you can't even see the kingdom. You can't even get into the spiritual side of things of life, of this life. You can't even see it or recognize it unless you are born of the spirit of God. You must have your spiritual eyes and you must be open through jesus he's the opener of the spirit realm so this new birth experience how nicodemus asked can you be born when you are old or can a man be born when he's old can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born so nicodemus is thinking in this natural realm are you talking about being born like a second you know natural birth and Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. He makes a distinguish, distinguishing point here. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So see, he's talking about a spiritual rebirth, which is only come through him. Do not marvel that I said you must be born again. So he goes on to say, you know, you're a teacher of Israel and you don't know these things. Again... He says, um, you know, in verse 11, most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know. He's talking about himself, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, and testify what we have seen. And you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? He says, no one has ascended to heaven or gone into that spiritual realm, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man, who is in heaven. And so he goes on to share this wonderful spiritual truth about being born again. And and he goes on in the famous scripture, we all can quote, is John 3, 16. And later on, he says, um, whoever believes in him, in him, should not perish, but have eternal life. Um, for God did not send, for God so loved the world, excuse me, and gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, Thats Jesus should not perish, but have everlasting life, for God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but but that the world uh, but but that the world through him might be saved, so if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not condemned. It was never God's heart to condemn us, but to save us and to rescue us, so he very, very explicitly shares. This born again must happen to us experience. So it's not enough to belong to a church. It's not enough to, you know, uh, to sign a roster. It's not enough to be even water baptized, which is a doctrine of the church, the Christian church. We are to have this water baptism, which is an outward sign of an inward conversion, really, and um, and it is it is uh, definitely a doctrine of the church, but. He's talking about the rebirth, being born of the Spirit, and going into the spiritual realm. You can't even go in there without the Son of Man, is the only one, he says. He's talking of Jesus himself that came down from heaven from this realm. You want to go into the realm of the Spirit, you don't want to go into the dark side. There's a, a Paul talks about in Ephesians 6. If you read and study Ephesians 6, please do, because Paul talks about uh, spiritual darkness, okay? He talks about the realms of darkness where the enemy is and putting on God's armor and praying in the spirit. And I call that breakthrough prayer. And this is a prayer uh, ministry. So we want to talk about that. But you can't pray outside of God's spirit (laughs) without having the spirit. So I I encourage you, if you've never been born of the spirit of God, if you've never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, do now. Jesus loves you. He died for you. God sent his only begotten son. If you believe on Jesus, if you believe that Jesus died for you, he went to hell for you, and he rose up out of that grave. He He defeated, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead. In Romans 10, 9, and 10, it says that God raised Jesus from the dead. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes in the with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. With the tongue, he confesses. So it's not enough to just head knowledge, intellectually think about it. Like I, I go to church and I think it or I, I I, intellectually have received it. It has to be a heart to heart thing. Talk to Jesus. Talk to God and, and confess your sins to him. Believe on him. Ask him to come in and forgive you of your sins. And believe that he died and he rose again from from the grave. And he ascended back into heaven. And he sits at God's right hand. And he's there living, it says, to make intercessions for us. He He is the way back to the Father's heart. God sent him to us, to rescue us, and to give us that brand new spirit, that that rebirth that, that we need, that spiritual rebirth, so our spiritual eyes will be open, so we'll understand the things of God, so you can read God's words, you can follow him, you see, so you can worship him in spirit and in truth. All these other things are just kind of a um, shadow or, or old order. If you want to use the word old order, religious sort of practices that were um, instituted, you know, by God. But they were, they were pointing to one thing. Every time they, they, they had the law, the children of Israel, God gave them a law through Moses. It was to point to one thing. You need a savior. You can't do this. If you give me 10 don'ts, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't. I guarantee you we will break one of those. <laughs> but if you put the spirit of God in me, then I won't have to um like if I miss one of those things, the don'ts, it was already in me. The law is already in my heart. Says, the Bible says, you know, the word is in you. The word, Jesus is in you. And, and someone once said, well, when I came, when I come to God, do I have to give everything up? Well, what's interesting about that? Well, you, once you really come to God and you give your heart to Jesus, you know, you don't want to do the things you used to do. You don't want to do those things, you know. I mean, I can look at the past in my life and see, you know, it wasn't like, you better not. God's holding a big stick up there. it's going to smack you. Well, that's a very interesting kind of Old Testament religious view in a way, an old order religious view of him. Because when you see Jesus, you've seen the Father. And when you look at Jesus and what he did and what he did, you see the Father's heart. And so, you know, be careful with that image because it's not true. You you better get over into the New Testament and start reading uh, (laughs) the life of Jesus uh, from the viewpoint of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and get to know who Jesus is. That should be your question. Who is this Jesus? let him show you himself. Don't be afraid. If you say, well, I'm not really sure. I don't know if I really believe. Well, the Bible says to every man or woman is given a measure of faith to believe. So yes, it is a faith thing. You know, believe in your heart. It's a faith thing, but he's not being unfair. He's not saying, well, some people have a lot of faith and you don't have any, but you have to want to know and your heart has to be open. I pray for you right now whoever listens to this podcast wants to know the truth. And and wants to know who is Jesus. And it's not wrong just to say I'm not sure or maybe I don't believe in God or maybe I did and I fell away. Um listen. God's not afraid of you. <laughs> She's not afraid of your questions. I mean, a sincere heart. I'm not talking about mocking God. I'm not talking about, you know, arrogance. I'm not talking about pride here. I'm talking about somebody sincere. Like, I don't really know. Well, I'm telling you Jesus is alive and he is real. Heaven is real. I'll never forget. I was with this man in, in, uh, on a ministry call with my husband in in Florida several years ago. And I was having one of those really like, I don't know, days. And I, was tired and we had to go in and minister to this man and he was about 90 years old and um, that's okay that's a good thing I'm not saying had to but it was like I was really tired and I had traveled and I was kind of ambivalent a little bit I was having a little struggle with some of my my um, dreams that I've had a vision of the Lord and it didn't seem like the calling of my life was being fulfilled and I wasn't doing much I was kind of You know at that time and and I was kind of discouraged actually and um but I'll tell you God knew that and I and I went into this call with my husband who's we're in ministry full-time and he his wife and his family came out they were so wonderful to introduce this this wonderful man and he told told us a little bit about his life and he was like 90 years old and I asked him one question I, I was like well tell tell me something like I wanted to learn something from him and he said he looked at me and I'll never forget this. He said, heaven is real. He said, God is real. And Jesus is real. When he said that, it was like, wake, wakey, wakey. (laughs) You know, suddenly it's like, boom, get out of yourself. He wasn't saying that to me, but what I sensed in the spirit, the Lord was saying to me was, um, this world and the things of this world are passing away. And the, and this, this isn't this is not it right here, okay? There's more to come, and it is so exciting. You know, heaven is reality, but we can't get to heaven based on our good deeds, our good works, or I'm pretty good, I pay my taxes, I salute the flag, I, you know, I'm a conservative, or I'm not, or whatever you are, I'm this, I'm that, I'm a pretty, pretty nice person, I haven't murdered anybody. I mean, people can just go on and on, and I get that, but our own goodness is filthy. We can't stand before a holy God, based on a thing that we have on a right to enter into heaven it has to be based on the work of the cross has to be based on that because we are sinners and we need to be saved by grace god's um, mercy and his favor through jesus christ so god provided a way the garden fiasco i call it and he's going to restore us back to that garden of paradise again there will be a new heaven and a new earth when you read the bible and you go all the way through to the end of the book you find out god has a plan and it's to save us, but also to restore everything back to us in that eternal city. And and I'm telling you, heaven is real, um, and, and God is real, and Jesus is real. Just like a wonderful man told me, I'm telling you. And I just want to bless you today, and thank you for listening to my podcast. I pray that... <laughs> Sorry, I lost my voice there for a minute, but this is live, but um, that you actually have received something from the Lord and um, I would love to hear from you. So I bless you and I pray for you in Jesus name. Thank you for listening.